Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Next Generation, a podcast about parenthood. I'm David Chen, and as usual, I'm here with my brother, Mike Chen. Michael, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) We are recording this episode at my house um, in person. It's one of our only in-person recordings. We've done a couple before, but this is the only in-person one where we're using professional microphones. Yeah. The last time we were on a trail yeah. uh, recording on an iPhone. Yes. So this is a pretty big step up. A hundred percent. Anyway, you can find more episodes of this podcast at thenextgeneration.com and email us at I want to say the next generation at gmail.com. Uh, obviously, we have not been posting monthly. Uh, that's because we're all really busy people and, um, raising a child is very difficult and time consuming. And, uh, I'm also trying to launch a very small media empire and that's also very time consuming as well. Um, so Michael, as we're recording this, it's the end of 2022. Your child, I think is about to become two years old. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Just a couple months away. Remember when we were recording this and your child wasn't even born yet? Yep. We've we chronicled the whole phase of your life. So obviously a lot has changed, but I, I want to say that the, what I witness is like the rate of change in terms of like your child growing, like it feels like it comes in like fits and starts. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. in the first like six months, it felt like every day or every two days, there'd be like a new development. And then there's like a kind of plateau. And then it's like, then there's like another time period of like rapid change where like, just like physically he's changing and his abilities are changing. And then it kind of plateaus a little bit. Like yep. there'll be like weeks go by and then it's all kind of, he's kind of the same before as he was then. But then like all of a sudden there'll be more change. You know, that's my experience of it, but I, how do you experience it? Yeah, no, that's pretty consistent with how we experience it. It's also pretty consistent with, um, I guess, like just general psych- child psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a concept called developmental leaps there's mm-hmm. like you know I, I think i've talked about talked about this before once upon a time on this podcast uh punctuated equilibrium kind of thing yeah yeah um <laughs> however you want to put it it's uh yeah essentially they go through these uh time periods of of a lot of change a lot of like mental growth um typically correlated with sleep regressions which is what we uh we is pretty consistent with our experience what does that mean sleep regressions just like you know he's in a good sleep rhythm for a long time and then all of a sudden he starts learning a lot of things and um he has trouble sleeping at night Mm -hmm. Um, so like what are some of the things that that he learned the last um recording we did was september of 2022 so that was like three months ago basically and i have to say like I don't think he's changed that much since that time, you know, like, I don't know, he's speaking a little bit more now, but like, that's, you know, and he's a little bit bigger, um, but that's about it from what I can tell. I, I don't know, you tell me, like, what do you think has changed in the last I would months? say he's speaking substantially more, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. just a lot more language. Um, he's like filling in songs, like when we mm. sing songs, like the ABCs, he'll sing, you know, various letters and they'll like help complete the song for us mm-hmm. um which is really impressive we just never uh we, ne- we never like taught it to him he just you know we kind of like sang it since he was a baby and then he just picked up on it um he's starting to put together like two three word phrases sometimes like mm-hmm. four four word phrases like what like what are some of the phrases um he uh says like purple like he'll say like colors and nouns a lot um so Mm -hmm. like uh we drive by these purple lights in the husky stadium 
um, uh-huh. every day on the way home. And he knows how to say that. He'll say purple lights. Yeah, purple lights. Um, he says he has this car that he really likes. He calls it his blue yellow car. Um, uh-huh. So, yeah, it's just stuff like that that um, he's starting to get really good at uh just like community, like just much better communicating the mm-hmm. things that he wants yeah. and the things that he deserves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, some other things I've observed, you know, so like I would say in the time since the last record, like you arrived in Seattle at the end of July, early August, right? Mm-hmm. So then there was like six weeks of time between that arrival and the time we recorded the last episode, mm-hmm. okay? In that time, I barely saw you because you were dealing with like, you got coronavirus, mm-hmm. Um, you were like dealing with, you know, figuring out how to like live here and set up all your systems and your driver's license and daycare and all that stuff like that. Um, I have since seen you, you and your family considerably more often, Mm -hmm. probably like, I don't know, a dozen times since, since the last time we recorded. Um, so I, I feel like I've gotten much more exposure to, uh, your child, um, and I have many observations. One of them is like, it's funny, like he'll, he'll have certain um, phrases and uh, behaviors when he sees certain people. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, um, our dad, uh, he'll say Akong when he sees uh, our dad, which means grandfather in um, Taiwanese. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's very cute. Um, he cannot say David yet. Yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, your wife happens to be a, a speech expert. And she has said that it's because um, he like the V sound is difficult, right? I I think that that's not the reason. Uh-huh. Um, I, okay. I, what I, is it? It's not like I, I don't know what the reason is. You know, I think like sometimes with some words he just doesn't even bother trying to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he'll try. He'll like go for it, right? Um, and so when we sing the ABC song, um, uh, when we get to T U V, he can't say V. Uh, but he says we, like he said, he knows like obviously what it should be. Mm-hmm. So if he wanted to try if to he wanted to, he David, would say, he would say David, David yeah, or, something. or something, but, like he, that, he, yeah. but he doesn't do that. Yeah. He, I, I think it's because he hates your guts. <laughs> um, no, I no, Like it's, it's actually a little bit inexplicable because like he won't even try to say some things that like, we've been trying to get him to say help for forever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and he's come, uh, he's come up with his own word. We think. For yeah. help, yeah. Uh, it's called. Uh, he he says like me, me a me a like when when he's uh, when uh-huh. he needs help. Um, so it's I, it's so fascinating. Yeah. There's this whole like layer. There's this whole like translation. Like before he could talk. Well, well, let me ask you. Like, was it easier before he could talk or after he could talk? I think probably after, right? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so like with with the language came like opinions, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. you know not nothing. You know, one thing that I've, I don't know if I made this observation before on the podcast, but nothing ever really gets that much easier. I would say like, <laughs> I, I would say that the first couple of months were just like hell. Um, and then after that, uh, you're really just trading a set of difficulties for another. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, now he can communicate, he can tell us like what he wants, Yeah. but he yeah. wants those things so much more than he did when mm-hmm. he was, when he couldn't communicate. Yeah, communicate. So like, what's an example, like what's an example? Oh my like- God. He freaking loves cereal. Like he just, um, cereal, strawberries, like actually he doesn't really whine about strawberries, mm-hmm. but cereal, his, like he'll say like cereal, cereal, more, more cereal. Like he just, he loves, um, both dry cereal, cereal and milk, he just uh-huh. like is really into those things. Um, and man, if you don't give it to him, it's it's rough for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
<laughs> so yeah, like uh, you know, he never had anything like that before where um, he. Right, but but in, before wouldn't he just cry and then you yeah. wouldn't know like and that would be frustrating. No, you you pretty much always knew what was going on, and mm-hmm. like sometimes it was nothing. Sometimes it's just like he just I'm, wants to cry. Yeah, I'm know? just I'm just not feeling well, mm-hmm. and um, like I want to go back in the womb. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but after a while, like you know, the lot like um, his cries became really logical. We kind of knew what he wanted mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. uh, and then and, and he wanted them like mildly, you know, like. Mm-hmm. He could, uh, mm. But now, if you don't give him the cereal. Um, there's hell to pay. Yeah. I mean, that could be specific to him in some regards. You know? Could be. Maybe yeah. there's other kids. I don't know. I, I assume they, many kids are like this. They don't, but they, they don't call the phase the terrible twos for, mm-hmm. for just because it like, happens to just our kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not saying he's worse or anything like that. Yeah, I'm just yeah. like, I'm just saying, like, I don't know how generalizable all of this yeah. is. J- JC and I talk a little uh, often about how um, how easy our, our kid is. Um, mm-hmm. I think like... Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Uh, for the most part, I think he's quite like I personally think he's quite easy. However, uh, I don't know if I I don't know if I mentioned this on the last time we talked, but um, he is very attached to her. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've noticed that. Well, first of all, how easy is he in your opinion? Like, what what are ways in which you think he's easy? I just think he's like a very happy, goofy kid. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I think like there's other kids out there that are probably way angrier than him. Um, yeah. the, the biggest struggle that we deal, that we deal with is like, you know, I think he, he, he tantrums about like food that he wants that he can't get. Yeah. Um, the other thing is around the car seat. Um, he yeah. just hates getting in car seats. Um, and it's, it's random. Like sometimes he'll just like get in and be like super sweet the entire time. And the entire time is never more than like 30 minutes, by the way. I've, yeah. I've talked to my friends who drive their kids like cross country and they're like stay fine like it's <laughs> yeah. totally fine yeah but he can't even well, do like yeah. a 20 so, 30 minute drive so so like what happened was um there were lights uh there were christmas lights uh like basically we live in a part of town where um several families like to go all out when it comes to the christmas lights like um, they, we had one family that like put up lights on their house and like had it synced to music. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was, it was pretty. And, and basically like they ran like, I think a short wave radio station or whatever. And you could tune into an FM radio station. And it would sync to music, like the lights. And it was really amazing. Like it's just incredible what they did. Um, and so, uh, my wife had the great idea of like, Hey, uh, let's get the whole family come over. We'll drive over to the lights. We'll look at them together. And you called me. You're like, I don't know if we're going to make it because your son would not get into the car seat. Like he would physically not allow himself to be strapped into the car. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're saying, it's just, in your opinion, it's just random. Like you don't know when it happens or yeah. when it doesn't happen. That's yeah. That's, that's interesting. The, the, I, I've the heard of like that. general, I've heard of like generalized, yeah. like it's difficult to get kids to move places, but it feels like, there's something going on there about like why he won't get in the Yeah, we've tried yeah. to figure out like, oh, is he super uncomfortable? But it doesn't, it wouldn't make sense if that were the case because mm-hmm. then he would always hate it, right? Yeah. There wouldn't be any instances. Maybe it's in certain outfits, you know? No, certain, I mean, no. I, I could be, but yeah, like we, yeah. Uh, when we try to, he has this really puffy jacket that we've been, you know, putting on him since it's really cold here. Um, but, uh, you know, when, when, when we get him in, like, it doesn't seem to correlate with like whether he's wearing it or not. Yeah. 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 So, well, um, well, anyway. the, the way that we got him to, to sit for that one, uh, the lights is, um, uh, what, what happened was like, he started, like, this is one of the things that you want sometimes, which is to go outside. He'll say like outside, outside, outside. And then, um, 
when when he first started saying that, we thought that like it was just like he's going, he has cabin fever, he just needs to get out of the house. Yeah. Um, but what he actually wants is to go for a walk. Mm. And when uh, when it was lights time, it was like thirty degrees and raining. <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh, miserable. It was, it was pretty pretty bad day. Yeah. Uh, but he just wanted to go for a walk, and so we just took him for a quick walk around the block, and then it was just, it was easy to get him in the mm-hmm. car seat then. So mm-hmm. um, it could be some like unmet need that that he's like going through, but yeah, um, for the most part, like we we try to figure out what that is, and then uh, but sometimes it's impossible. Sometimes it's nothing. It know? was also funny, like at Christmas, we were trying to get him to um, pose with my, with our parents for a photo, and he would not pose uh, like he like when mom was holding him he tre- he kept like wriggling out of her arms but then later he would sit next Not to them like like two minutes later yeah like he would just sit next to them of his own free will calmly and there's just something i think he just doesn't like being restrained yeah. he doesn't like being told what to do i think yeah. it's true for a lot of toddlers yeah, they're, they're yeah. starting to uh kind of resent the fact that they don't they're not really in control of everything mm-hmm. anything um so a lot of people uh a lot of parents like give choices you know like do mm-hmm. you want to wear this outfit or this outfit you know so yeah we try to give yeah, you give choices, I, I you know. saw you uh, get him dressed the yeah. other day and that was really interesting because you're basically you give him like two outfits you're like for sure do you want orange or blue and like yeah. you let them choose and does do you think that makes a difference or do you think it you, you can't tell i can't can tell, tell. Yeah. i mean i think it's really cute when he does it yeah uh, i don't mind doing it yeah um it's not doesn't make our lives that much harder yeah um so if it helps in any way we're gonna keep doing it yeah but um, yeah, for the most part, I think he just, he has a lot of opinions and he doesn't like being controlled. Yeah. But I think you, you were saying like, he's a very social kid. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, we're, we're, obviously bouncing back and forth between a bunch of different topics, but like one of the things, um, he does, uh, when he sees me is he'll just start saying D D D and he'll start waving his arms wildly because I think he associates me with, um, this like, uh, like we used to meet outdoors mm-hmm at the at this place called U Village in Seattle because there's a nice little outdoor play area and I think one of the first times we went there like I started pointing at this umbrella over I us. think you were pointing at yourself maybe I was pointing at myself yeah. but and he'll d- he'll start waving his arms wildly and say d d d when he sees me um which is very cute yeah um but he can't he doesn't say david no. so no. he he has um he also like associates um belongings to people mm. um so he'll point to a rocking chair i think that yeah. you and your wife left for us um, yeah and uh, uh our, our dad sits in that chair a lot yeah and he'll point to that chair when he's not there and say Ako. yeah um or he'll point to a uh, a hat that dad gave us um and say Akong. and he'll um w- when we like pass by the front door Sometimes we'll say Amma, which is grandma, yeah. uh, and point to the door because that is where Amma and Akon come from. Yeah. So it's so it's interesting, like kind of you're watching the you're watching your child like construct a reality. Mm-hmm. And then you're also trying to like interpret that yes. reality as well. You're trying to like figure out like what is he trying to say yeah. with the XYZ. Yeah. Um, it's, but, it's kid logic yeah, on, yeah. A, on a very um, small scale. Yeah. You know? uh, but I think you were saying like uh, it's not easier now that he can communicate because he has really strong opinions now. Yeah. And in fact, like um, you're right. He is very like friendly and social. Like whenever he sees any family or whatever, he's usually like really game to like play around with them. And it's very nice. Um, but he also like um, has strong opinions, like, and he will freak out when he doesn't get what he wants. Mm-hmm. Right. One of the things you had mentioned was he's really attached to his mom right now. Yeah. 
and I got to see this firsthand because we went to go take him for a walk recently. And the entire time, well, not the entire time, but like at the beginning, I think he kept saying like mommy, right? Yep. Like he kept saying mommy, you know, like uh, he can't like be apart from her. So mm-hmm. there's just like separation anxiety. Um, how have you guys been managing that? Uh, J- JC just stays with him all the time, basically. Uh, I would say we're basically just not managing it yeah. at all. Um, because he'll, he'll, because uh, I think as a parent, you want to accommodate, like you, if your child is calling, yeah. you know, Papa or Mama or whatever, like you want to be there for them, yeah. right? There's a, there's a natural instinct yeah. to want to, want to accommodate, um, you know, like we talk to his daycare providers and they say that like if you indulge it um, too much, it, it gets worse, which is, you mm-hmm. know, obviously makes a lot of sense. So I don't know. We're trying to find the right balance. Like um, there were there, there have been I think just there's only been one day uh, since this attachment started mm-hmm. where um, JC had to go to work and, and our kid had to, to stay home. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was brutal. Like he. um you know how when we when we went for a walk and he like you know for the first maybe like ten minutes yeah. he was fine and then he just kind of forgot and or he was, it wasn't fine he was like he oh, was yeah, like yeah. saying mommy like the first ten minutes because yeah, yeah, he really yeah. wanted to yeah. see mommy yeah and then and, and then, then he kind of like cal- forgot calmed about down. it yeah. 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 and yeah. then uh, you know went yeah. on the playground wasn't thinking about mommy and then towards when we were getting back home he's he's thinking about mommy again right um, and uh, when when he was at home uh, it never stopped. Yeah, so he kept saying mommy the whole time for like like eight hours. Or or. not, not, he would stop like for like maybe like 10, 15 minutes at a time. Yeah. Um, But like, I think he would see stuff that reminded him of mom. And and then, and then he'd start like, you know, on the separation thing again. Um, I heard this very common with, uh, with kids around this age Mm -hmm. um, that they get attached to one parent. Sometimes it's, sometimes, sometimes it's dead. So I don't know what, you know, kind of dictates who, which parent they get attached to. Yeah. Um, but in our case, it's very clearly, clear, clearly one of them. I'm so curious, like at what stage, you know, that that's probably not going to happen for the rest of his life. So no, I'm no, curious no, no, at no. what stage, you know, it it becomes I, different. I, I, mean, I think I, it ends in like well, actually, actually, I've heard I've heard uh, from some of our friends and in, in, in the Slack that we're in uh, that it that yeah. keeps going on <laughs> for for, for, years. for several years. Yeah, yeah. So I remember when I, you know, the first time mom drove me to like nursery school or whatever. Mm-hmm. When I was like three, four, five, I don't even remember how old, but I remember like crying mm-hmm. a lot yeah. um, because I we were separated for a really meaningful time, and I, you know, I, it's weird that I have that memory. It's very vivid for me, mm-hmm. um, uh, but it's just like yeah, there's this like primal need, I guess, for him to be near his parents or one of his parents. Yeah, I mean, um, we've evolved to to do yeah. that, right? Yeah, and like that's how that's how babies survive. Yeah, uh, is by you know being attached. I um I I think the the thing that has been most interesting to me as like kind of observer of this, yeah. uh, and also you know to a lesser extent someone who experiences it, um is is uh that he has preferences over who does what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, uh, like I think he'll typically tend to. Actually, this is he. He mostly prefers mom to do most things, yeah. but definitely for reading bedtime books. Um, he really, he will like. I will offer to read something, and he will take the book away from me and say, <laughs> "Mommy, mommy, mommy," and give it to her, and like pretty pretty much just shove it in her face. <laughs> um, 
Sometimes he'll let me brush his teeth, uh, but like for the most part, um, he's he's yeah he like uh, it's really interesting the activities that he prefers. Mm-hmm. One parent do any do you sense any pattern at all? Um, I mean, most most things are in favor of mom, but uh, <laughs> what are but the yeah. things he's okay with you doing? Uh, like brushing teeth, like I said, yeah, yeah. mechanical um, things, yeah, nothing okay. that's of value to his no, development. Exactly. No, no mental, no <laughs> nothing in the mental game. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 always a pleasure to um see him cuz he's very friendly and and nice and it's always like fun to to uh he's very cute obviously um i visited you one time or usually when i visit you like there's often an opportunity for me to read um mm-hmm. to him right which i always enjoy and one time i read to him and you know, he's attentive mm-hmm. for most of the reading. Sometimes he'll like wander off and do something else. But like, you know, very often he's like attentive for like most of the reading. And uh, I read him a book once and I was like, oh, that was great. Love doing that. <laughs> and then um, afterwards I asked like, hey, do you like, have you read him that book like a hundred times? And you and uh, your wife were like, yes, not only have we read it like a hundred times, but like, you know it by heart. And then you started like, quoting it in unison like you you knew the verbatim like what the book was uh and i think this is a very common like parental thing but like i'm curious like how many pieces of media do you feel like that applies to for you like i probably memorized like 70 percent of the books that we read Uh read to him which is how many books like roughly like I, i i mean so he gets bored with books pretty easily yeah um so uh, if you go into his room, you'll see like tons and tons of books, right? Um, and he generally really likes books, but he generally really likes the same books over and over again. Yeah. And so the ones that the ones that are in the rotation, which is probably around like you know twenty to thirty of them, yeah, uh, we probably know like almost the whole thing by heart. Wow. Yeah. Um, and how it's do you like th- all the classics like Chica Chica Boom Boom? Yeah. Very Hungry Caterpillar, uh, Brown Bear, Brown Bear. Yeah. Um, so there's like a Good Night Moon. There's like a bunch of like, you know, ones that I'm pretty sure is on every Okay. So. so start quoting to me uh, Hungry Caterpillar. Uh, in the light of the moon, a little egg lay on a leaf. One Sunday morning, uh, the sun came up and pop, out of the egg came a tiny and very hungry caterpillar. He started to look for some food. On Monday, he wait, he ate through one apple. On Tuesday, he ate through two cherries. Wait, I, I don't remember yeah, what yeah. the two is. But okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, get, you get the picture. I get the picture. You get the picture. Very impressive. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel, like, how, how does that, you know, feel to you that you are that familiar with it? I mean, I, I don't, like, I, it feels like a very natural thing that I've gotten. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah like. Of course. Um. But uh, I don't know. It's tiring. It's, yeah. it's like, you know, I, I, I think we get bored with it. Yeah. Um, he really, uh, you know, we've, we've recently started like doing a little bit more screen time. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we will show him The Very Hungry Caterpillar uh, read by Eric Carle, um, the, the author. Uh, there's a YouTube channel I that see, has yeah. like the official videos. And, um, and so, you know, I think that that, that takes a place of us sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously nothing really replaces a parent reading, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's good to kind of like get a break from, you know, reading the same book over and over again. Yeah. Um, but, uh, does, I, you know, does, I wish- is there ever, is there like, obviously it's tiring and, and repetitive and uh, like theoretically boring over time. Is there a part of you that's like gratified or satisfied by reading the same book over and over again that you're like, Oh, this is something that gives my child comfort or something or is helping them learn. Yeah, of course. Um, I think when I, when we started, um, 
you know, before we had him, uh, JC talked about like, we should read him five books a day. Um, and I kind of kept that number as a benchmark in my head. And I'm really glad that I did because I think, um, I, I, I don't know like how advanced he is, but it feels like his language is like really coming along well. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because like, it's at least partly because we like did a good job, like reading to him, yeah. Mo- you know, JC did a lot, does a lot of the reading. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think like just, we agreed as parents that like, this is a really important part of uh, what we want to do and specifically us, like specifically, um, uh, th- there are like, t- you know, I think there have been studies and like, don't, don't quote me on this because like, I can't cite any of these studies, but there have been studies that, um, talk about how, like, you know, if you get like a robot to read to yeah. like a, like a recorded voice. Yeah. Even, it's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah. It, it, there has to be a person reading to them. It's so interesting that. to me. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. uh, I, I remember seeing the study of like, if you talk to your child in a certain language, they'll learn that language really quickly. But if you like play a recording, mm-hmm it's it's not it won't they yeah. won't learn it and it's like what like they can somehow tell the difference between an actual human and a recording or yeah. a robot or whatever it's really annoying <laughs> like I, I would rather i'd rather uh play a AI, recording of myself sometimes yeah ai is not going to replace us quite yet yeah uh because of that but yeah. um and also just generally um i think um just like more language, like them hearing more language um, yeah. is such an important part of their like developmental journey. Um, and and there, you know, consistent studies that show that like, you know, uh, kids that get, you know, X, X thousand words per day of, of like hearing language, even like long before they can speak, uh, tend to have like a developmental edge over the yeah. ones who, who um, their, their parents just like were too busy uh, you know, working multiple jobs or whatever, you know, yeah. so like, yeah, I think that there's a lot of, uh, pretty, pretty big body of evidence showing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I guess I'm lucky that I haven't read all those books and haven't memorized it. So it's a new experience for me when I get to read to him. Yep. Um, you see, you mentioned screen time. So you're starting to show screen time. What was behind that decision? Um, just being tired. I think like, <laughs> I think you can come into it with like a very strong ideal about, you yeah. know, how you're going to raise your kid. But I think there's always like practical limitations to the way that you're going to do it. Um, so yeah, I think it was, uh, I think we're, tr- we try to be really deliberate about, um, you know, what, what he sees. So it's a lot of Mr. Rogers neighborhood. Um, you were saying like, of- there's a certain number of cuts. Yeah. A rate of cuts yep. that you're trying to avoid. You're trying to avoid showing him like, you know, music videos or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of like really high intense, like high stimulation shows yeah. that we were trying to keep, stay away from. Um, like he really loves Paw Patrol. Um, but, uh, but we don't show him any of the shows because they're, they're just insane. <laughs> there's like so much going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we keep them to three things. Like, uh, it's typically the very hungry caterpillar series. Uh, he wrote a bunch of books and there's a bunch of like different animations for that. Uh, Mr. Rogers and bluey. Yeah. Um, and, and we recently started, uh, this YouTube channel called Miss Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. I do think it is remarkable, you know, um, like a child who's like freaking out and you know all over the place and then you put a screen in front of them and then they're like instantly quiet it's like creepy you know mm-hmm. like how effective the screen is um and you know it's it's i'll say it's taken some adjustment for me because i use screens all the time you know mm-hmm. 16 to 18 hours a day i'm like looking at screens um and 
uh, I'm just very, I'm very conscientious about like trying not to show your child any mm -hmm. screens. You know, like when you're at our house, we try not to like leave on the television and stuff like that. Um, um, but it's tough, and I don't think uh, I don't think our parents have that level of uh, understanding about the dangers of screens for young children. You yeah. know, yeah, I that think it affects their like brain development somehow. Yeah, I don't think it's obvious because of how much adults use screens yeah. these days. You yeah, know, I think it. Yeah. Um, and and this is something that I have been thinking a lot about too. Is like I look at my phone a lot when I'm with him. Yes, <laughs> and I think that's really bad, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I can't, I can't, I can't help myself. It's, just, it's, it's so boring sometimes. But like, um, I, I think, um, yeah, that's something I really want to, uh, to get better at. Um, just like kind of developing my capacity for boredom. Just like be present mm -hmm. without. Why, why do you think it's bad? Like, you think it's bad for him to understand that that's like a paradigm of interaction with people, I, or you know, it's it's uh I, no, it's not like something social, but it's just like him normalizing that um, that mm -hmm. someone could look at their screen for as as, as mm -hmm. often that they're, mm -hmm. as as their yeah. I mean, when, when we go to you know, like there's this playground in U Village that we spend we spent a lot of mm -hmm. time in because um it's like an outdoor playground. It's like relatively safe. It's covered from the yeah. rain. You know. There's heat lamps and stuff like that. Um, so a lot of parents go there. And like every time I'm there, there's always like parents yep. sitting on the side using their phones. That's like, that's literally what they do all the time, yep. you know? And no shade because it's like they're probably yep. getting like the one minute of rest that they can, like where they can like zone out for a moment and check their Instagram or whatever. Yep. But um, but you don't want him to like be like, yeah, I guess dad was just sitting looking at this thing all all the time when he was with me. You yeah, know, like, I... I don't know what effect it is going to have on him. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be good for him to see his dad, you know, looking at his phone all the time. And well, I don't, I don't is, is it, is it worse than like the dad not being there at all though? You know, like, I don't know. Like, uh, no, definitely, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. Is like, better is like in the realm but, of yeah, things, yeah, yeah. you no, know, I, but I don't like it. Mm -hmm. I don't like, I don't like looking at my, like, I don't like not being present with him. I don't like the, you know, this is something that I've been thinking. Yeah. Like I just mentioned that I, I, I've, I've really been lamenting my lost capacity to be bored. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so I, yeah, like I just, even when I don't want to look at my phone in front of him, I feel the itch. I'm like, I really want to just yeah. get the phone out, check something. Um, and I'm not even on social media anymore. I, I like just refresh like the same stupid links that i that i look at i'm not yeah. yeah so i don't i don't check for like a lot of um the same things that i think other other people check for but i still feel the the urge yeah yeah i remember there's this onion story from a long time ago that was like um family travels across the country to be together to look at screens in the same room yeah. and um that has been a lot of how our family has done things mm -hmm. you know everyone's like when we're hanging out we usually a lot of looking at screens i would say it's been a little bit better recently yeah um because it's like set time where we're all like eating together and talking and we generally don't look at screens when that's happening. That's true. I, I yeah. don't think our family has ever um, eaten a meal together and looked at our phones. Yeah. Like I, I think you, that's you true. See, you go to the restaurants and you see that all the time. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Like when we're eating a meal, generally we're like yeah. there, but like the rest of the time yep. anything goes. Yep. Um, well, on that note, you know, um, one of the things that's been great is, you know, I used to see you guys like once a year, if that, and then COVID happened. I saw you even less than that. And now I'm seeing you like uh, once a week, sometimes multiple times a week, and that's been awesome. 
Um, and also mom and dad are seeing them, you know, and he, the, mom and dad get to watch your son grow up. And that's really awesome. Um, obviously that's come with a bunch of pluses and minuses for you. And we've talked about it on the podcast before, but like, how are you feeling about that generally knowing that dad's probably going to listen to the podcast? Oh yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> I mean, I think, um, I think, uh, generally our parents are pretty receptive to, to feedback. Really? Um, I, I mean, I think it's generally so. Um, I, that's, not, that's not how I would describe there, it. I mean, there's been some, there's been some incidents where I think it's like, uh, things have gone a little bit sideways, mm -hmm. but I think, um, <laughs> overall, like they listen a non-zero amount, right? Yes. Like they, they oh. change their behavior more than zero. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that's pretty good. Yeah. That, that's, that's better than what I've heard from a lot of like, mm. um, uh, you know, peop, uh, uh, you know, fellow parents yeah. uh, and, and their, their, uh, their parents. So, yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I know, here's what I'm going to say. I don't, I don't need you to say anything, Michael. Okay. But I know that this move has been hard for you. <laughs> I know it's been a challenging move, you know, because, um, the weather is not as nice. And in, pa in fact, it's been pretty bad this year specifically. <laughs> also, you got sick multiple times and your son has been sick multiple times since you've gotten here that, that might've happened while you, if you had not had stayed as well, but you know, who knows? Um, but I hope you have experienced some of the benefits that come with, you know, the family being around and being able to support and so on. So that's all that's all I wanted to say. I, you know? I still wish that I had been able to pick everyone up and move them to the Bay Area <laughs> because I, th I still like I, I think um, th there are a lot of really good things about Seattle. I really kind of like the area. Um, the yeah, weather, you're in a really great area. You the, know? the weather is as predictable, like is predictably um, uh, bad for COVID times, right? Like just the yeah, because like you want to be outside. You want to just yeah. be able to go outside almost year round. Mm -hmm. There, there are very few days when we weren't able to yeah. just, like grab something to eat and um, and eat it outside uh, yeah. in like a park somewhere. Um, now that's like impossible. <laughs> or like we just need to like dramatically modify our wardrobe in order to be able to do that mm -hmm. um, and, and our comfort level, right? Yeah. And so. You know, we haven't made that adjustment yet, and so it sucks uh, in 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 the winter. Um, but you know, we'll figure it out. And uh, you know, maybe maybe his uh, maybe things as as time goes on, like his needs will change, and um, and our needs will change. So yeah, you know, we'll we'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, yes, I I understand that would have been great. Uh, it's not like I would have been opposed to that, but you know, economically, yes. it's just it's, it, it makes been, no financial. Sense. Yeah, it makes no financial sense, and you, you're owning a house for the first time and building equity in that. And so, mm -hmm. anyway, um, I, I know there's been a lot of hard things. I hope that you've also felt some of the yeah. good things oh, the, that come um, from it as well. So. Just like the ability to uh, to see family without getting on a plane, I yeah. think has been really really nice. So, um, and it, irreplaceable uh, in mm -hmm. in many respects. Yeah. Um, let's see, uh, anything else I wanted to talk about? Um, what, anything you're into, any big lessons from 2022 and any big things you are quote unquote looking forward to slash afraid of for 2023? I mean, I think potty training is coming up, yeah. um, which is, I, I don't know the exact timing. I think we've been trying to figure, figure that out. Um, the big thing over 2022 is um, this. I, I read this book called Good Inside, mm -hmm. um, and it is like you know I've read I've read a couple of parenting books uh, since I've be, since, since becoming a parent, but none 
have left as big of an impact on on me as this book. Um, so if you're a parent, I highly recommend this book. It's called uh, like uh, again, it's called Good Inside by uh, by Dr. Becky. Um, I'm sorry. Let me. <laughs> no worries. Uh, yeah. I'm uh, looking it up right now. Um, so the book is by Dr. Becky Kennedy. Kennedy. Good Inside: A Guide to Becoming the Parent You Want to Be. Yep. Um, 684 reviews, five star average. It is. It is really good. Um, I like basically. I, I haven't read a book that um, gets so deeply to the core of like the kind of parent I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it is like a lot of the books that I've read, uh, some, some of them are, were quite good too. Like there's um, how to talk to little kids so that little kids will listen. That's mm-hmm. like one of the better ones I've read. But so many of them are about like behavior, like trying to get your kid to do certain things. And like um, uh, Precious Little Sleep is another one. So like getting your kid to sleep, getting them mm-hmm. to like being able to communicate with them. But this one talks a lot about kind of like your job, your toddler's job and mm-hmm. your job mm-hmm. uh, and and really kind of separating those two things. Um, and, uh, and and then, it, you know, kind of like starting from this premise of um, your kid is good inside. You know, like I think that it's just like the title of the book. Mm-hmm. You're you're a good parent. Your kid's a good kid. And I've never like. Uh, you know, I think this is something that our religion has, um, ha- right. has like left some trauma. You know, mm-hmm. like I think um, they're like, if I'm to take my uh, my my the religion that we grow up with as as a truth, um, my kid is a sinner, right? <laughs> like my kid is like made in yeah. the image of God, but also sinner, there, there's right? some, like the the idea behind like evangelical Christianity is that like mankind is inherently corrupt. Yep. and evil yep. basically and needs the redemptive power of God to yep. to be saved. So I, I had never really considered, uh, I, I never really knew how I felt about, um, about that. Like I think something about it feels wrong to me. And like, I don't even think that that viewpoint is inconsistent with the Bible. You know um, I think it's just like what, what, what we just said, what we just said. No, no, no I, I, yeah. I, I think that is, yeah, I think that's pretty consistent with, the the yeah. mankind being corrupt yeah for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory like glory I mean of God, you know like so, so okay like I don't I don't know if I want to get into okay it. okay you, like, you're saying it's not conclusive in your opinion whether the Bible supports that reading I I think I think I know what Paul, the Apostle Paul's opinion is on this uh-huh. um but I don't know what Jesus's opinion mm-hmm. is on, yeah sure you know? sure uh, anyway. That a bit bit of religious putting, tangent. Yeah, putting that aside, like certainly that was the message we got yes. from like our religious yes. institutions. Yes. So, um, and you know, I never really thought about what that the implication of that is for my kid. Yeah. Um, and this book, I think, really you know swung me over to the side of like just um, my kid's a good kid, and uh, when he's giving me a hard time, he's not giving me a hard time. He's having a hard time, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I think this is something that like the guys in our Slack talked about, like just it's it's hard being a baby. It's hard being a toddler. And um, just like viewing his experience through that lens uh, has been really transformational for me. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, just being able to see his tantrums as like he is overwhelmed by his situation right now. And my job as a parent is to teach him that his feelings are like they're not going to overwhelm me. You know, mm-hmm. and um, and then, like you know, kind of like, you know, taking a step back from that, like my role as a parent 
um, is like my, my kids, my kids role is to like learn how to deal with his emotions, like to, to like experience his emotions, to explore and to play. Uh, and my job is to set boundaries around those things and mm-hmm. to, to help him contextualize those emotions. And I think that like division of labor makes a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and like, I think that there's also like taking a step back from that and, and seeing my, uh, my parenthood as like, you know, when I'm, when I'm not being a good parent, like, or w- when I'm not like acting like a good parent, I'm still a good parent, but I'm also having a hard time, you know? Yeah. And I think that's really powerful. Um, yeah. so I just like, even just if, if you don't read the whole book, just like read the first chapter mm-hmm. because that is what the it, like that that hit me really hard as a parent who always feels like he's failing and I, I i bet a lot of people who are like on social media um and and see all the things that they're supposed to be doing as a parent feel like they're failing too you felt like you're failing yeah what in what ways did you feel like you're failing? just like not being perfect you know mm-hmm. not being perfect and um not spending enough time and like being present enough Mm -hmm. and like knowing what to do sometimes and like knowing how much to worry about certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so many unknowns about it and you know, the kid's going to turn out fine. And so I think that is uh, like, I think that there's this unrealistic expectation in Western parenting to do it all yourself and to do it perfectly. Um, I'm sensing a lot of like introspection, you know, and I'm curious, do you feel like having a kid has made you more introspective or were you always this introspective and I just never uh, was exposed to it because we, we weren't doing a podcast together or, you know, I'm curious, like, because, you know, even through the podcast, you're reading a bunch of books about yourself and parenting and like, um, you know, you used to do that for like skills based stuff, like computer science and stuff but like i didn't rem- i don't remember you reading a bunch of self-help books when we were growing up oh right? i read i read a ton of self-help books okay yeah like i'm so, really into that like certain like i i think um i you know i've kind of uh stopped believing that they make a difference for me mm-hmm. uh but i still i still think about like my values a lot like mm-hmm. what kind yeah. of person i want to be and yeah. like you know what kind of what i want to embody and um i think parenthood is like the ultimate test of that because now it's like there's very, it's very clearly like the, the kind of person that I'm going to be is going to affect the kind of person that my kid is going to be as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a few other things to talk about. Um, I do want to say, um, you know, there were a lot of elements of our upbringing that I think were challenging. Uh, and I, I will be, I will leave it at that. And, uh, you know, I think, Largely because of circumstances, you know, um, we, uh, the fact that we made it to this point is amazing in my opinion. You know, the fact fact that our parents were able to get us to this point is amazing just because if you look back at what they were able to accomplish, uh, it's impressive. Like there the, the forces that were arrayed against them, which is basically like they came to America with like a basic understanding of English and they were able to like run a successful business for over a decade and like become employed and so on. And it's like, would you, Michael, be able to like go to like France or whatever and like, you know, get employed by like in a knowledge worker position? You know, like it just is like it's it's inconceivable like what they were able to achieve. We we're, were just talking about this at Christmas, like yeah. the the idea that you know you know our my kid is about 
yeah your your age when, when i when we, we yeah. immigrated to the united yeah, states and yeah our parents had two of them yeah right and uh i i was i was only you know 10 months i think yeah and, and they still got on a plane and they flew got on to a America. plane they had i don't know how much money they had they, they <laughs> certainly didn't have much, as much money as we have now <laughs> yeah. um and uh and, and and like like i i have a yeah almost native understanding of english <laughs> And I am still intimidated by the idea of starting a business, right? Like you right. have, yes. yeah, like <laughs> you haven't even started a business for your media empire. Yeah. Um, you can edit that out. If you yeah, want. no, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's um, in the works. It's in the works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you haven't even done it because it's so annoying, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and they were able to do that with like a very imperfect understanding yeah. of English. And the, the idea that I could do what they did is unfathomable. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, I guess I'm saying like it was, it was, it, we had a challenging upbringing in many ways because of that, because like uh, they were super busy, but at the same time, like seeing mom play with your son, seeing mom play with my other nephew from my wife's side. Um, and she's really good. Mm -hmm. She's really good with the kids. You know, she's really good with them. And um, it reminded me, you know, that, um, there are many positive aspects. To, I've been, I spent a lot of this year like reflecting on like how challenging our childhood was. Um, but seeing mom play with the kids um, has reminded me that there were many positive things about it too. So I just wanted to put that out there as one of my big kind of realizations this year. See, like seeing her play with them, she, she, she's really good with them. She, mm -hmm. you know, um, so that that's nice to see. Uh, I, I think you were talking about like what you're looking forward to in 2023. Uh, you said potty training is happening soon and there's other stuff that's happening. Is there anything you're like, any milestones you're anticipating? No, I mean, from a, from a fatherhood perspective, not really. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I just learned to just kind of take it a day at a time, you mm -hmm. know? Um, yeah, I, I, I think, um, in terms of like my own inner journey, yeah. a lot of this, a, a lot of it is around, um, I guess like figuring out what I'm okay with in terms of like what I can give as a dad. Um, I, I think like it, it feels natural to want to spend like to, to feel guilty about not spending a hundred percent of my time and energy uh, on, on parenting. But, you know, I also had to balance that out with like, you know, being part owner of a business, um, yeah. thinking about like what the, the future in terms of like financially um, and also like giving back to myself, you know, yeah, those things I feel like are often take a backseat um, and they, they have for a long time now. Um, I, I want to figure out like what the right balance is. Um, I don't think I've re like, I don't think either, uh, JC or me have really done that yet. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, I'm hoping you'll find better balance in 2023. Um, all right. So that's kind of the end of the main conversation, but I have two like tangent topics okay. that don't fit into anywhere that I wanted to just bring up with you. Number one is I saw this TikTok video the other day. I, I these are, these are about two TikTok videos I saw. I'm just mm -hmm. going to be upfront with you about okay. it. And I have no shame about that. Like other people do. Um, one thing is called childism. Have you heard of this? No. Uh, the idea is that it's this like 
it's this like burgeoning belief system that there exists this thing called childism in the same way that there is a thing called sexism and racism. So childism. And the idea is that like, it's the idea that like children are lesser than or their needs do not need to be taken into account. Um, or that, you know, you, you should be able to manipulate children to do whatever you want them to do. Um, uh, because they're, they, you know, like, uh, they, they, they basically like they're, they're, they shouldn't be considered like autonomous creatures like you and me. I don't know if you've, you're familiar with any of this, but, um, I just thought it was fascinating that like, that basically there's like a lot of people that mistreat their children in ways that aren't like physical abuse, you know, that, but that are just like, um, they don't care about their children's like needs compared to their own or, or their need, their children's needs are like subsumed to their own. And, uh, I'm doing a, not a great job of explaining it, but I just thought I'd bring it up to see if it, it, uh, sparked anything in you. T tell me more, more about childism. Like, is it like, um, yeah, like, do they think that do childists like childists are, are the bad ones, like racists, right? Mm -hmm. um, ch child, like, tell well, me what well, a actually, childist. So, what's believes. weird? What's weird? What, is, what is an example of a behavior of a childist so, versus so, like a narcissist? So, first of all, what's weird is that childism is actually like a good one, even though. So, so here, here I'm reading an article. Childism is the radical notion that kids need to be respected as human beings. So, it's actually the good. That this is how you know that this is like a made up thing. <laughs> Is that they couldn't even get the they couldn't even get the parallel <laughs> it's the parallel right. grammatical structure? Yeah. Well, you say it's a made up thing, but um, it states that despite differences in size, experience, and power, adults and children are inherently of equal worth, and that kids' perspective and experiences should thus be considered on the same merits as those of adults. Childism could also be defined as the advocacy of the rights of children. The opposite force is adultism, a systemic condition that promotes stereotyping and disempowering of the young. Okay, so like w to what extent? Um, like if if a child wants to um, eat candy for breakfast, mm -hmm. I don't, what, I, what would a child? I don't. Say? I don't think it's. Um, I don't think it's. It's about that. So hold on. Let me. Let me see if I can um, uh, find an example for you. So this is from like psycholo uh, psychology today, um, but the idea is that like uh, childism is a societal phenomenon. Um, and let me see if I can find like an actual example of um, what we're talking about here, uh, which is surprisingly difficult because this is not very well written about online yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I, I, think, you, I think you're if, probably right that it is like a are, fringe belief. If you are arguing that um, kids have rights, mm -hmm. Like, I don't think that's a radical new philosophy, right? Like, I think... Okay, like, here's an example. Like, this is an example I'm finding right now on a blog post is like... Um, uh, like, uh, uh, you're giving your child a haircut. Okay. And the child's like, I don't want this haircut, you okay. know? And, and you're like, well, whatever. It doesn't matter because, like, you know, I'm going to dictate what uh, your haircut is because I'm your parent and I am basically in control of you, you know? Um Okay, so, so you think so? A childist thinks that a kid should be able to decide what their hair looks like. Yes, I think I think that's kind of okay. part of it, or like, um, or what they're eating. What what is their yeah? So they, if they want candy for breakfast, yeah. they they get to eat candy for breakfast. Look, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm really like a childist. I'm just you know yeah I, yeah no no I, like I'm trying to understand yeah, yeah, yeah. what this what this belief system actually entails. Yeah yeah. Um, 
it, it sounds. I'm gonna be honest. It sounds okay. Um, okay, okay. Here, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, you can see examples of childism every time you step out of the house. So um, uh, this is at the happinessishereblog.com. You can see examples of childism every time you step out of the house or open up the internet. Every day, in many ways, children receive the message that they are less important, less deserving of respect. So thi- this this one believes that childism is bad. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm glad we all agree on the what the term means. <laughs> um. It is so ingrained in our society, the majority don't even recognize it. It's every time a parent is asked, is she hungry or does she like strawberries? Instead of the question being directed at the child who's very capable of answering. It's every time a child's emotions elicit laughter instead of empathy. It's withholding food, water, or affection until a child says please to satisfy an adult ego. It's adults believing they have the right to physically punish people because of their age. It's countries where hitting children is legal and there are guidelines as to where and how you can smack them. Um, it's a general intolerance for childish behavior interfering with an adult's desire and the view that children should be seen and not heard. It's, a ch- it's adults making decisions about cosmetic alterations to their child's body, such as circumcision, ear piercing, haircuts without consent. Um, there, so- there is a huge <laughs> range of, like, that, that is like an all-encompassing thing. Like, even just that, within that last example, <laughs> circumcisions, ear piercings, <laughs> And haircuts are in the same category? That is nuts. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, maybe this won't be a big deal. Clearly, it's a fringe belief right now. Like, I'm, I'm, I, like, I want to hear more. Like, okay, I, okay. So Let, let's, what, let's put a book. Let's one, put a pin one thing in that, that. One thing that, like, I, just, I do, I do want to speak to this for, for one second because I think, um, I think Good Inside, like, does a really good job. Like, it, no. it is so, it, it resonated so strongly with, like, yeah. the way that I think about it, right? When your kid wants to do something, it is really important for you to acknowledge the desire. Mm-hmm. Like, do not diminish the desire. That's a real desire that you can. Like, I want to jump off the yeah. slide onto the you know three yeah. stories down yes. or whatever. Yeah. You know, like whatever. I want to. Yeah, I want to. I want to jump into this lake, right? Yeah. Uh, like you, you should you should acknowledge that they have the, the that they have like a legitimate desire to yeah. like jump into the lake. Yeah. Uh, and this is often like t- oftentimes like even more recent. Like they want cereal. But cereal's not on the menu. We, like, either we don't have cereal or, like, he's been eating only carbs and, like, maybe he needs to eat something yeah, else, right? Yeah. But acknowledge the need, right? Like, that, that the desire that he's expressing. But still, like, your job as a parent is not to just give him whatever he wants, yeah. right? So, like, holding those two things in tension, that your child's need is legitimate and yeah. their desire is legitimate, but also your job is is to, you know, look out for the best interests of them, Um Sometimes he needs a haircut. He's <laughs> like getting in his face, right? <laughs> so, uh, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him a haircut. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that there's like a really broad range between those two things. It's like I'm trying to do what's best for my kid, even yeah. if like he doesn't know what's best for himself, right? Right. right. Um, and you know, some someday that's gonna be like a huge problem, right? Like right. I think when yeah. when we, uh, but like I really want him to know that I acknowledge his feelings. Like I, I like his de- his desires are legitimate. But, like, I still have a job to do. Yeah, know? yeah. And it's never, like, I also think that, like, I'm never going to hit my kid. I'm never going to, like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like, that's another example that, like, is that insane that is categorized into the same examples <laughs> of, like. Yeah, um, I mean, look, look, maybe this is a fringe thing. Maybe it will become a bigger deal as time goes on. I don't know, but. Um, I, I think it will be. Yeah. Like, I, I think it will become a bigger deal. So like, people the, are, like, the way pe- things pe- are going. People are predicting it will be, like, the next frontier yeah. of, yeah. like, what, you know, people, human rights or whatever. Yeah. Um, on that note, uh, so look, TikToks are varying quality. Here's another one that I saw, and this is this is this one is very much tongue in cheek. Okay, so like I'm not saying this like that seriously, but um, I saw a TikTok recently that was really fascinating. It was someone being like, "I think I know why people in the U.S. 
are really into conspiracy theories. And the reason is Santa Claus. And they're basically saying like, if you think about it, Santa Claus is one of the largest conspiracy, conspiracy theories that exists that kids are exposed to when they are growing up. Like literally everyone you know supports the conspiracy theory. Capitalism, like Target supports the conspiracy theory that there is a Santa Claus. Your teachers at school, your friends, other people's parents, your parents, everyone, the Christmas tree, everyone is saying, the hardware store selling you the Christmas tree, everyone's saying there is a Santa Claus and blah, 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 blah. Um, and it's like, oh, wow. Like eventually you find out there wasn't a Santa Claus. So like literally every single one of those parties was lying to me. Um, so then it's like, oh, well, I guess like anything's possible. Anyway, that was what the person was saying is like, because you're ex you as a child are exposed to the idea of conspiracy, like this conspiracy theory, like that's why a lot of people believe in conspiracy theories. But it did lead me to believe, it, it did lead me to wonder, what is going to be your approach with Santa Claus? Um, I don't it is think I know yet. Um, you know, I think this is like really interesting. Like, I'm actually curious to hear, do you remember how you discovered that there's no Santa Claus? <laughs> So for me, I remember uh, very distinctly, I have a very distinct memory of um, dad has a very distinct handwriting. Very, dad has very distinct handwriting. And like, I remember he wrote Santa's notes. Yeah. And, and he I wrote Santa's like, notes. Very it's very similar to dad's yes. handwriting. Right. Yeah. But, um, but it was cool. It was cool. It was, yeah. It, I, it was a cool thing that they still did that, even though they're immigrant parents. Right. They, like, like, they, yeah, go ahead. I, I remember uh, the same year that I, 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 I realized that his handwriting is very similar to Santa's is uh, I remember very clearly like him coming out and acting surprised uh, to find the presence under, under mm -hmm. the tree. And I, I like, I have a very fond memory. of Yeah. It's so, it's so nice that yeah. they did that, even though, you know, we were, <laughs> we didn't have very much money at the yep. time, you know, like, yep. and, but they still pretended there was a Santa Claus and it was still like magic when we yep. came down and the presents were there. It was awesome. Um, so much thanks to our parents for giving us that experience, but what are you going to do? I mean, I think you just answered the question, right? Like, I think I want, I want my kid to have that experience, mm -hmm. too. you know, like, and I'll, I'll do, I'll deal with the consequences of lying to him later. You know, like <laughs> I, I, I think it, um, you know, it also, it also, I was talking with our friends, Justin and Melissa about this and they were saying like the whole Santa thing only works if all the kids are yes. in on it. Because if your kid is the one that's like, there's yeah. no Santa Claus, yeah. then everyone hates your kid. Yes. And yeah, and yeah, like all, all your friends, yeah, all his friends are going to hate him and all the parents are going to hate you. <laughs> but, but usually wouldn't, but, but Michael, that's usually not a reason why we would do something, you know? Oh, just to fit in? Yeah. Uh, I'm okay that's with not you, this That's case. not you and me. I'm okay, I'm okay with it in this case. <laughs> Because like I, there's there's ancillary benefits I get from it, right? Like my kids get to experience the magic of of. Well, of well, the uh, the other thing is people are like Santa knows if you're naughty or nice, and like it's a way to control. Oh, you children. know that's also messed up. Like I like the whole <laughs> elf on the shelf thing. I don't know if uh, I, like I've I, I've just heard about this from JC. I don't I don't even know like, uh -huh. what what that is, but yeah. it seems like a it seems like another control mechanism. Yeah, it's another way of controlling yeah. children. Like. Yeah. So like I don't know how I'm gonna shape. I'm, I don't know how I'm like, gonna craft like the legend of like <laughs> what what kind of errata I'm gonna issue. <laughs> uh, to to correct uh, the legend of Santa. Oh, Claus. everyone says Santa knows if you're naughty or nice, but like they're wrong. They're like wrong, Santa yeah. actually Santa, just gives presents he, freely. He's, he he thinks everyone's good. Good inside. Um, Hashtag good inside. Yeah. So I I really don't I I really don't want that to be like the thing that motivates my kid to do good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Fair enough. 
Um, well, I'm looking forward to seeing how, how Mike Chen tells the story of the legend of Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, next year, you can you can ask my kid uh, what he knows about Santa Claus. Maybe Santa Claus. you should tell me. Maybe I should ask you what your kid knows about Santa Claus, so I don't contradict yeah, it. Yeah, no, that's you right. Know? But you, but if you're ever curious how I, I how I crafted it and how he understood it, you yeah. can ask him. Oh, I definitely, I definitely will, and it'll be wild if he can like speak in whole sentences yes. by that point. Yeah, I think um, he will be. Yeah, which is, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, Michael, it's been awesome to be able to spend way more time with you this year and, um, great to see how you're raising the kid and, uh, it's great to have you guys around. So, uh, hoping you have a happy holiday if you're listening to this and, uh, happy new year and all that stuff. So until next year, hopefully we'll do this more often. Yep. Bye.